Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and it is episode number 201 up in this piece. Of course, uh, joined by the usual cast of characters, my co-host Justin Watson, Ezra, as well as the uh, the Valor 170 professional champion and prognosticator extraordinaire Greg Hopkins, the voice of Valor Jeff Hobbs, and then also we've got Torrin Finney on the line, reigning 205 amateur champion for Valor, guys. Hope everyone's doing well. And to our listeners out there, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And we are going to kind of relaunch the show today. I think I've, uh, we've got a bit of a different formula we're going to give a try for non-fight weeks. Of course, when it's fight week, we will uh, still have our, our picks panel as uh, as we uh, typically do. But uh, for non-fight weeks, we're going to we're going to change the format. We're going to go eight rounds each week in a kind of an around the horn uh, type format so we can touch on more uh, various subjects uh, you know that are, are relevant to uh, to the week in the MMA world so we're going to be doing a lot more like kind of looking forward versus uh, recapping if you will um, uh, each uh, of our panelists will have one minute per uh, per topic and I'm keeping time too so you guys need to uh, I guess we'll have some annoying like <laughs> timer go off in a minute but if you have uh, uh, the need to go over your minute then each panelists will get one overtime extension where you get two more minutes if you want to continue your rant or take on the topic at hand. Um, of course, also today we've got uh, an interview. Uh, we've got Lee Radford that will be joining us here shortly, uh, just a few minutes actually, as he's getting ready to main event uh, the uh, VFC 81 card coming up May the 7th at the Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, we're going to talk to him just uh, in just a little bit, but uh, before we do that, let's get into round number one, guys. And round number one is going to be uh, our reactions to this past weekend's UFC Vegas 23 card. Um, you know, we we got, a, you know, kind of a ho-hum main event there. Uh, Marvin Vittori uh, gets the win uh, over Kevin Holland. Uh, two losses for him in the span of like three weeks. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go around the horn here, guys. Your your overall take, your uh, summary of the event, what stood out, uh, who surprised you, who let you down, what do you want to see next, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to, to go with in your minute. And leading us off for this round one is going to be uh, Justin Watson. Justin, uh, UFC 23, have at it. Yeah, man, I thought it was a, a pretty decent card all around. You know, we got to see um, – Got to see Arnold Allen in the in the co-main event. He looked spectacular. Um, getting getting the decision over Yusuf. I see him getting somebody in the top ten. Uh, after this, he was ranked tenth, and Yusuf was eleventh. Um, the story's out on Kevin Holland, man. If he's if he's got if you have any wrestling at all, he's Fucksville. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway of the night was uh, I talked about last week Mackenzie Dern. Um, you know she was a. Uh, a little bit of an underdog coming into this fight, which didn't make sense to me. Um, so, uh, but she, you know, she got her out of there in the first round with an arm bar right up next to Nina's corner. Um, you know, super confident there. And if you get on the ground with this girl, it's just trouble, but her hands are getting a lot better, um, you know, under Perillo. And uh, I see a future champion there. 
All right. With uh, with some time to spare, Justin Watson, uh, thank you. And let's move on to uh, our next take on this one. This is going to be uh, Jeff Hobbs. You're up, UFC uh, 23. Have at it. Yeah, man. Uh, same thing Justin said, man. You know, main event was just kind of so-so. Um, you know, I was impressed that Holland, it was still a different, same outcome, but, uh, you know, on his back, he was more active. He was trying to get up, you know, this time he was going for things. So he was more active, but unfortunately just same outcome. And now we've got two losses in a row. Uh, I can't imagine him being at the top of a card again for a while. Uh, my biggest takeaways, uh, was equally, I mean, my biggest takeaway was the McKenzie Dern fight. Uh, it was my take last week on, you know, my, my big bet. Uh, her being an under underdog, but not just that she won, man, but just you don't get um, you don't get Nunez out that, that quick. You know, nobody gets her out that quick. That is a huge statement that she made to completely dominate on the ground and, and end it as fast as she did. And then my other takeaway was, you know, my hopes for Mike Perry uh, were high, you know, new uh, new corner, new gym, uh, supposedly a new Mike Perry, but, you know, still same outcome, if not maybe even worse. That's time. And uh, moving on to uh, our next uh, panelist, Torres Finney, UFC Vegas 23. Uh, your take? Um, yes, man. Look, I mean, I think I agree with Justin. It was actually a pretty good card all around. Um, um, one of my uh, biggest losers was uh, something uh, Jeff brought up was uh, uh, Mike Perry. I mean, going back since 2017, he's three and seven. And you wonder, like, how long has he got in the UFC? Uh, yes, him having a new cornerman, um, a new team, um, that was uh, big in that regards. But uh, you may, it makes you wonder the question, how long do, does Mike Perry have? And then, obviously, I think one of the biggest winners is Marvin Vettatore. Um, him being in the middleweight division, one of the most stacked divisions in all of the UFC. Currently, I mean, right now, this upcoming weekend, we all know, we got Whitaker and um, Gaslam, so – with those boys coming up in the middleweight division, this is going to be really good to see. Um, uh, Vettatore is right there with them. Uh, looks like Israel is going to have to do a rematch with one of these boys because um, Darren Till looked like he ain't fighting them anytime soon. So I'm excited to see what comes up in that division. Awesome, man. That brings it to yours truly. Tell you what, guys, uh, this was one of those cards where, uh, you know, there there was definitely some upset value here. We talked about during last week, my play of the week last week, I gave you guys uh, a Marquez and we never really had to to sweat that one. Uh, kind of a tough loss to watch for Sam Alvey, but uh, yeah, nice win for, for Marquez. I got to go with you guys and agree that that's a huge win for Mackenzie Dern. She catapults in to that top five slot now. So, you know, she's she's one good win away from potentially being in title fight uh, picture. I'd like to see her and Tisha Torres go at it. I think that would be a uh, re- really solid fight. And then uh, don't want to forget about the co-main event. I think Arnold Allen deserves some love. He's now, uh, I think he's 8-0 in the UFC now, uh, like 16 or 17-1 overall, like really, really solid record. Not a guy that you think about so much when he gets in there. He's, he's bulldog and uh, moves up to number eight in the rankings. Uh, so that's uh, very interesting. I think that a fight with him and like Calvin Cater, you know, if he gets past, if he were to get past the Calvin Cater, who's uh, just right outside the, the top five, then you're talking about him having a huge fight after that. So really, really nice win, I got to say, for Arnold Allen. That'll wrap up my time. And let's finish this thing off with Greg Hopkins. Yeah, well, you tell me being a dinner and I'm going to take the uh, take the bet route right here. I will not be fading. Oh, Dong Young anymore. That's a big old Korean. I tell you right there. And he put it on William. Not bad. Put it on and make him, made him look like he shouldn't have been in there, to be honest. And then, uh, Tim, I'm going to steal this line from you. Uh, heavyweights going heavyweight. We talked about it last week how uh, Jordan Castro should go in there and beat Donho. But 
uh, I told you last week, he's minus 320 or whatever. Why don't you just take the fight not to go the distance for minus 300 and, and make your, your better money that way? Uh, as far as uh, uh, the rest of the card, I wanted to highlight the uh, uh, Gamrot fight right there. Next time I see a fighter coming in off of a surgery, I may fade him. Uh, just because I don't think we had the best 100% Scott Holtzman there, and uh, and Gamrot got him out of there. It's an impressive victory for him. I'm excited to see where he goes from here. And uh, I'll second what everybody said about Mackenzie Dern. And, uh, yeah, if you can take Kevin Holland down, uh, he's in Foxville. Awesome, man. That's UFC uh, Vegas 23. We'll, we'll turn to the uh, upcoming UFC uh, card here a little bit later in the show. That'll be one of our later rounds. But for now, uh, we'll move on to round two. Uh, good job, guys. Uh, we, uh, we kept everything nice and concise and probably uh, got, got everybody's reactions out a lot quicker than we typically would. So I like that. Let's move on to round two. And that is the aforementioned interview with Lee Radford. Let's get Lee Radford on the phone here, chat a little bit about his upcoming fight. All right, joining me on the line, we've got a man that uh, that I personally hold near and dear to my heart, my buddy Lee Radford on the line. Now, Lee is getting ready to main event for the first time ever. Uh, he'll be main eventing May the 7th at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe VFC 81 coming up. He's going to be taking on Michael Sullivan in the main event. Lee, sexy Lee Radford, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> Lee Radford's doing fine. Uh, like I said, I'm a little, little nervous here. Um uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm actually multitasking right now. I'm trying to make my wife happy. So I'm doing some dishes and I got dinner going. Oh, so let, me, let me take a step back and, and focus on this interview here. Uh, well, you know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. So you're getting ready for uh, for a big one, of course. Before we get into that fight, let's 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 rewind a little bit because uh, for our listeners that aren't familiar with you, uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Uh, you know, give us a little bit of your background, uh, your uh, any sort of uh, you know athletic uh, background that you may have had, and how you more how you more or less like gotten into this MMA nonsense. You know, you and I go way back. And, uh, you know, we had several years where, uh, you know, I, I moved away from Maryville and we didn't see each other. And now we're we're back in each other's lives. And it's just uh, it's an awesome thing. Tell us a little bit about the journey uh, to get into the cage uh, up until now. Well, um, Tim, first of all, you get back in my life. I appreciate it. Um, I owe you. I owe you a big thank you, Tim, because you allowed me to fight, give me an opportunity, a platform it's, it's really helped me out, uh, just with some personal issues. Uh, it's giving me something to focus on, and so I owe you a thank you. And, yes, we have been friends for a long time, and it's definitely a great thing that you're back in my life. As far as MMA goes, uh, a lot of people say it. I mean it. I've, I have been a huge fan of the sport since the very first UFC. Uh, I saw it. Just thought it was the best thing. I had no idea it would blow up like it did at all. And I'm very happy it did. Something I always wanted to do. Uh, always wanted to put my, you know, put, always wanted uh, to do it. But lack of resources, lack of knowledge, lack of finances. Uh, I just, I just never did. A lot of insecurities, to be honest with you. A lot of self-doubt. Uh, and plus just life. Uh, just it didn't allow me to do it. And then, um, so a few years ago, me and my family, we, we, uh, we went through some, we went through some hardships. I lost a child. It'll be four years in July. 
and just let me realize, hey, life is short. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. So I had this little bucket list. And entering, getting in the cage one time, uh, that was it was pretty high up there. I said, you know what, let's do this. Let, let's do this. Uh, let's, let's live out some dreams. So that's when I reached out to you. And you were nice enough to give me uh, an opportunity. I thought it was going to be one and done, maybe. I wasn't, I wasn't ever for sure about that. But I did it that once. And like you know, there, there's no feeling like it. And it's, it is something that, that I can't describe in words. Unless you do it, you really don't understand. Win or lose, just how, what kind of feeling it is. And uh, I felt, I fell in love with it even more so. Well, you know, you've got a little bit of, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you've been a, a fan of the sport now for, for quite some time. And, and even before you uh, decided you're going to jump in the cage, now you had a little bit of training that, you know, some buddies and friends that did BJJ and whatnot. So it wasn't like you were just a complete novice, yeah? No, no, no. Um, I met, uh, started here in Maribel, just some, uh, some of my friends uh, got into BJJ. And I saw him, his name's Josh Robertson. I'll go ahead and give him a shout out. Josh Robertson. Yeah. So me and our friends, we were going down this path, uh, which was probably the wrong path. And Josh Robertson, he fell in love with BJJ, and I noticed what it did for his life. He, he kind of had to step back from the direction the crew was going. And I saw his dedication for this sport and how he fell in love with it. I just always admired him for that. Uh, and, and I knew it had to be something great for him to uh, disassociate himself and to put so much time and effort into it. So I always admired that big, big time. So and, uh, he fought. And then I met, uh, then he introduced me to a gentleman named Josh Kate. Another shout out. Love Josh Kate. Uh, and I trained with him for a while. On the, on the scene? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, he is. And I trained with him for a little bit, but because of where I work, I would be able to train for three months, wouldn't be able to go back for another month or two. Very, very sporadic. And to, to be honest, I did put the, the discipline in or the time that, that was needed, and a lot of that falls on my shoulders. Uh, something I'm embarrassed about, I'm not bragging by any chance, but uh, by any means, uh, I had a little rest little rough patch there in my life uh, with some addiction issues. Uh, so that, that put a hamper on any dreams of mine. Uh, yeah, I really don't even know what I'm talking about that. I wish I wouldn't even brought it up, but just being honest there, uh, sure. I had some addiction issues. I got over that. Now I'm, now I'm focused and I'm, I'm trying to stay positive. Trying to stay positive. I'm doing good things. So when, believe it or not, when I'm fighting, my wife, she said this the other day, she noticed I'm I'm happiest when when I'm training, uh, because when I'm training, I don't focus on all the negatives in life, uh, which we shouldn't do anyway. Uh, the only thing more nerve-wracking than paying bills and worrying about work and all the stress of the life is actually getting beat up in front of a live crowd. So that definitely takes my focus away from everything else. So it's been a very good outlet for me. 
So, you know, um, let's let's go back to that first fight. You know, now, first off, you know, you're, you're my age. You're actually a year older than me. You're you're 43. Uh, not a lot of guys getting out there and making their debut at 43 years old. But it looked to me like you're in pretty good shape, uh, you know, coming into this last one. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. You, you fought Caleb Holt, a guy that uh, we work with a lot here. Uh, Valor helps us run uh, cameras and whatnot. Real, real good dude. He steps up on short notice. Uh, after your original opponent, Timothy Blevins, bitched out. So uh, you, you end up uh, getting a short-notice short, short notice opponent last time in Caleb Holt. Uh, talk a little bit about that fight. You got him out of there in the first round. You finished him in the first. But uh, I know that was uh, definitely one of those uh, roller coaster roller coasters of emotions for you because I remember at the weigh-in, you were you were all the way up already away. And I was like, man, he may already blew his load the night before. <laughs> well, okay, so – I mean, I hate to do this. I got to correct you. I'm actually about to turn 45 in June, so I'm, I'm a little oh, bit older than no. you. Oh, no. You're older. You're even another <laughs> year older. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and believe it, this is funny. I've actually had I've had a few random people, uh, which is a testament to how big Valor is growing, but I had a few random people even come up and say, hey, man, you've, you've inspired me. Uh Thank you for doing it for the old guys, um, which I didn't really know how to how to tell if I should thank them or not. But yeah, yeah it made me feel good. I guess uh, I guess I, I have a few people living vicariously through me. Yeah, starting out at forty four, it's not it's not really what you want to do. But like I said, man, I, I've been wanting to do it forever, ever, and it, it, it's time. Um, let's see here. What was I saying? I was just saying, you know, go through that last fight, just the, you know, oh, yeah, the, the experience fight, of that first fight. one, you know. So, oh, Tim Levins, um, you still owe us fight, Tim Levins. That, that was a pretty bad move on your part. But then uh, Caleb Holt, that, which is a, an A-plus human being. I love that guy. And I will not make the mistake this time. So, Caleb Holt at, at the weigh-in, it got a little heated there. But afterwards, me and him had the opportunity to meet each other. And I fell in love with the guy. Uh, he's a, just a sweetheart of a human being. Really, really good dude. So, I, uh, yeah, I'll use the word friend. I became friends with the guy that the night before, the, after the weigh-ins, after the exchange, the heated exchange, uh, we got to know each other. And I will not make that mistake this time. Me and Michael Sullivan, we can become friends after the fight because it, it kind of hindered my fight with Caleb. I found it hard to to push the button, I guess, pull the trigger. Uh, plus, you know what? Let me just be honest. I was so nervous, Tim. I was so, so nervous. Um, I've never been that nervous in my life, I, I really don't think. Uh, the the crowd that was there, which I'm very appreciative of, the louder they screamed, the more nervous I got. Uh, I was just so worried about letting everybody down. I'm a... Um, I'm a people pleaser to a fault almost, and I almost, I almost cannot enjoy the experience like I like I really want to because I'm just so worried about letting everybody down. I tell you, I tell you what happened the week before the fight. I'm walking by my son's room, and I hear him talking to his friend. And as I'm walking by, I hear him say, "There's no way my dad can lose." <laughs> and if I didn't already have stress on my shoulders. I, I it amped it up by about a thousand because I was thinking, I was like, actually, I can lose. You know, there's a 50% chance I can. So just hearing little things like that, it, it puts some pressure on me. And I, I didn't want to let anybody down. But I did realize, I, I, I think you'll agree, 
I really don't see anybody that sets in a cage as a winner or loser. You, you might have kind of won the the competition that night, but man, I, I don't see any losers when you step in the cage because it does. It takes a lot of courage. I, I have a new, even more respect for anybody that goes in there. It, uh, it, it takes a lot to get in there, man or woman, to – to, to oh, perform yeah. in front of everybody. You know? You're hundred percent right, man. It is uh, certainly a, a, an experience that not many can claim, uh, you know, the, the cojones to, to have done. Uh, one, one guy that has had the cojones to get in there many times, one of my, uh, one of our, our color analysts there and our reigning 170 pound champion, Greg uh, Hopkins, he's been uh, there for your fight. He wanted to, he wanted to uh, throw, throw a question out at you, Greg, have at it. What's up, Lee? Hey, Greg, how are you? Hey, guys, this gentleman right here, Greg Hopkins, let me tell y'all, is one of the best human beings on earth. I love this guy. I've had the opportunity through Tim and through Valor and through this little journey to meet Greg Hopkins. And, guys, he, he's a good person on the inside or on the inside of Gage. You, you really don't want to mess with him. But he is a good, good person. And, Greg, has, it's been a privilege to get to, get to know you, man. I, and I mean that. Yes, yes. It's been a privilege getting to know you too, Lee. I got, I, I love sitting case out with you. I love, love I love your persona. Uh, and listen, man, I'm gonna put you on the spot right here, and, uh, and and you ain't gonna get nervous because I know it was genuine. After your fight, and this is you, you've already mentioned, you've already forementioned it throughout this interview how you've uh, inspired other other you know old folk, all the goats out there. They got them old goat muscles. I've I've been getting some of that too. I'm pushing 34 now, and you know I got these guys coming up to me saying the same thing. But I and but the reason. I'm asking you this is if you remember, I'm not, I'm not asking word for word after your last fight because I was moved. Uh, I don't know how many tears or cries were in the crowd, but you said something that hit home to me. Do you remember what you said after your fight? I remember, um, I don't know specifically what you're talking about, but yes, I, I, I do. I do remember. I do remember. Uh, I, I don't know what specifically you had, you're talking about. You, Lee, you had me, you had, had me, you had me in. I was commentating. I had to move the speaker from my mouth when you mentioned. You know, there was no doubt in the crowd was in your favor that night. You had a lot of people there. I'm surprised we didn't see some fat heads out there. You know, with your face on them. I want to see that next <laughs> one if you want to get that. Get some out there. I'd love to see it. I'm serious. But uh, you said something about, and you mentioned it too about the addiction thing and uh, and overcoming overcoming obstacles in life. You know, you said you lost a child, uh, and for you to step in the cage, you know. You mentioned how the cojones it takes for just any man to step in there, but for somebody to go through this this kind of this kind of uh, you know it, you know this kind of lifestyle and overcome the addiction, I've been there, and it just hit home to me when you said that when you said and you pointed at everybody and you pointed at Caleb Holt, you said he's not a loser. Nobody that steps in this cage is a loser. Nobody. I got more you know more respect for anybody and everybody in here. I was so nervous that I was going to lose, and you said this. You said that you know. When I got in the cage, I noticed how many people were, were, were cheering for me. I still didn't want to disappoint them, but at that point in time, I knew I hadn't lost. I was the winner. You know, you actually had me in tears almost, man. You really did, dude. So, do you remember saying that now? I do. And um, I tell you why, I have been blessed. I have been blessed, Greg, with, uh, with just a wonderful families and friends. And uh, some of the guilt, golly, about got me tearing up now. I, that's another thing. I, We'll get to that in a second. But uh, we, uh, I have been blessed with a, just a great um, 
support group. Support system, yeah. Yeah, and they have seen me, so I was so worried about letting them down and losing in front of them, quote-unquote losing, you know, uh, losing a fight. But I realized those people, man, they they have stuck by me because I, I have lost a lot in life. Uh, I've lost, a, I've let a lot of people down, and they stood by me. Uh, addiction, just it's embarrassing. It's something, it's it's a guilt I carry with me daily, and that that's one of the reasons I I, I do this. I go to KMAA because I, I I get I get to stop regret just for that hour, hour and a half a day. I, I don't I don't regret. Oh, I'm bitching out here. I'm bitching out. Um, I don't regret. <laughs> I don't. I don't think about my past. But yeah, uh, I I didn't lose. I knew I wouldn't lose it that night because, man, when I looked out there and I saw everybody, as long as everybody's on my side, there, there's no way I could, I could, I could be a loser, you know. And uh, I, I just, talk about I don't right know, there, it was overwhelming yeah. to to see the support yeah. and whether I no, win man, or lose this next bout. It was in the atmosphere, bro. You couldn't deny it, man. Like, I don't know, Tim, was your hair standing up? It had to have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt, dude. No doubt. That was uh, that was for especially like uh, we've done many, many fights. Uh, we've done uh, a thousand fights, dare I say, you know, and uh, I, I've never felt an energy like that in in a room. The Cotton Eye Joe is not a small place. And it was that felt like the whole building was shaking. And uh, it was uh, it was something uh, special to be a part of for sure. So I'm super excited uh, to, to run it back again, man. And you know, I know that you're a, you're a little bashful about being at the top of the card and being the main event and being only your second fight. You know, do you, do you do you question if you deserve that spot? You know, things like that. To me, I feel like with the amount of support that you bring and the amount of people and energy that you bring, making sure that those people are there for the entire night is only a win for everyone involved. The fighters that come before you are, are going to have that atmosphere and that energy that, uh, that, you know, uh, that will drive them to, to fight even harder, man. So uh, I, I'm, I'm really stoked for it. This is one of those cards that I just know is going to be a whole lot of fun. Before I let you go, Lee, I want to let you uh, talk a little bit about this one coming up. Uh, who's been helping you get ready for it at KMA? Yeah, you know, what's the training been like? Uh, are the nerves worse this time? Or are they a little bit uh, less since uh, you've kind of gone through the process now before? Well, they, they're definitely, they're still, they're still probably higher than, than average. Uh, just because I'm kind of a nervous person anyway. That, that's what I want to say to people out there. Um, and and I, I think I speak for most of the, most of the people. They, they look at people that fight as, as these big tough guys. And I've realized, man, some of the nicest people, most of uh, some of the nicest people I know are, are uh, fighters. Um, don't always judge a book by its cover. Some of us are just big old softies on the inside. Uh, and I just found that odd. I thought it was just me that was a big wimp on the inside, but uh, I'm not going to use the word wimp. Uh, a lot. It's, it's not all uh, scars and bruises. It, it's um, There's a lot of thought, a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of nice, nice people in the MMA community. I was really surprised by that. Now, KMAA, I'm over there. Um, I love those guys. I, I say it a lot. I joined a gym, and I gained a family when I went there. Uh, I mean that those guys, the guys and ladies, men and women, they have been so supportive. And they're just great people. They, uh, 
Coach Eric, uh, Coach Joey, and Jason, they, they don't they don't just kind of coach – oh, Emily, Emily King's sweetheart, uh, Christina. They don't just teach you stuff about inside the cage. They they really – they they taught me things in life, little life lessons. Um, they always say something inspirational at the end of uh, – at the end of each practice, stuff that you can take home and apply to life. It's it's really cool. Um, those those that 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 little group over there, uh, they mean a lot to me. And I can't say thanks enough. And that's why I felt so uh, worried. I kind of felt like I'd been disrespectful by main event. Which and, and Tim, I'm glad you said something. Uh, I'm glad you said that uh, a few seconds, a few minutes ago. Because I still I was feeling guilty, but yeah, it it will allow more people to see my teammates that deserve all the credit and all the recognition. Because some of those guys devote their life to this. Uh, I hope that one day they can punch their ticket to, to the big show. Uh, they, golly, they deserve it, man. It is it is so admirable watching those guys train once, twice, three times a day. The dedication they put into it. It uh, they deserve all the recognition, and I cannot say that enough, Tim. Tim and Greg, I can also not say enough. One more time, I hate to be the dead horse. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Not most people would have given a 44-year-old an opportunity to beat up on some of his demons um, to perform, and it it has been an honor to do that. And I owe you. I'll, I'll always be indebted to you, buddy. Nah, man, the pleasure is mine, bro. It's certainly, uh, you know, one of those things where, you know, you bring so much positivity and so much good energy that I just love having, you know, you come to all the shows now, it's, it, you really just enhance the, uh, enhance the, 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 the atmosphere and the, in the time and the experience for all of us, dude. So we're, 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 it's our pleasure to have you, man. Uh, one last thing, I'm going to let you get some shout outs where they're due. Any friends, family, training partner, if you managed to pick up a sponsor, or even I'll let you just shout them out as well. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll let you get out of here, man. And also let, let people know where they can. If Well, I know you, uh, Robin, runs your social media. So one of these days you're going to have to get a fan page and we'll refer people to it. And they'll like the right. shit out of it. Hey, I do need to do that. Well, I, what happened, so on Facebook, I got a stepped away. It used to be Lee and Robin Radford. And um, when all that Trump Biden stuff was going on, I found myself engaged way too much in that. Way, way too much. So I removed my name and stepped away from Facebook for a while. I didn't realize that Facebook won't let you just jump. Uh, they won't let you change your names regularly. Um, I, I don't know why. I found that kind of odd, but that's why my name's not on the page. It's just my sweet little wife, Robin. Um, Vapor Max, I will give a shout-out to Vapor Max, located in Alcoa, Tennessee, Midland Shopping Center. They have all your vaping essentials and needs. Um, so shout-out to Vapor Max, to Beautiful Bronson. He's a gentleman I train with. I love that guy. I'm not just singling him out, but I am singling him out. I, I, I like him. To all my teammates at KMAA, to Josh Kate, the man I'll never forget. I love that guy. And to Greg Hopkins, man, it was, it was a pleasure to get to know you. I, I can't say it enough, Greg. You, you're a sweetheart of a human being. <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't want to really piss you off ever, but I'm really glad I got to know you. You make me smile. I see you, and I just start smiling. I'm smiling right now. Uh, so yeah, so shout out to Ballard Ballard Fighting Championship and Tim Blevins, you're still a chicken shit.
That has been <laughs> one half of your main event coming up on. Uh, it's going to be Friday, May the 7th. Valor 81 from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. You can get your tickets. There's not many of them left because Lee sold most of them. But uh, you can get what few tickets there are left at Fighter Ticks with an X.com, or if you can't be there in, in person, you got something else going on that night, you want to check it out from the comforts of your own home, uh, you can catch the pay-per-view at VFCMMA.com, or you can go to the VFC social media and find the links there. Uh, thanks so much for the time, Lee. We appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you in a couple short weeks. Hey, uh, right back at you. Love you guys. Y'all be good to one another, okay? Talk to you in set later. Thank you, Tim, buddy. All right, one more time. Uh, big thanks to Lee Radford for joining us, uh, getting ready to main event for the first time ever uh, on May the seventh. Uh, Greg, you got your uh, your piece in on that one. Jeff, uh, you you've uh, you were there for uh, the first one, uh, and uh, it, tell you what, man, it really was a, an atmosphere unlike anything that I've ever felt. I mean, we've done shows in big arenas, we've done we've done all levels of, of things, and that was uh, different. Yeah, it's a vibe that's uh, it's it's undescribable. I mean, like Greg said, I mean, no matter where you're at in that building, what your job is, it gave you goosebumps, man. And it's it's it was, you know, Greg talked about getting choked up on the mic. Well, I did too. And it's hard to it's hard to compose yourself because, um, man, you he takes you on a journey that you almost feel like you're on the journey with him, and and it's partly your journey. And uh, you know, it just it pulls at the heartstrings, man. And um, you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I live vicariously. You know, I'm 46 years old and it's something I've thought about doing uh, because, you know, like they say in Fight Club, you know, if, if you've never been in a fight, what do you know about yourself? And, and But I, hell, I've still never pulled the trigger. Um, and so, you know, it's inspiring to watch him do it. And his story's great. Justin, you, uh, you, uh, of course, uh, were the judge for that first fight. Not, no, no, uh, no scorecards needed, of course. Uh, that uh, you know, just to keep things frank. You know, Lee is Lee's a guy that is at uh, the shows regularly there, and uh, you know, uh, hanging out with us and, and having a good time. Uh, does that does that uh, put you in a, in a spot? Do you feel like you know, as a as a judge, where uh, you know your heartstrings are put? You, you hear the story. You you know the. the 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 whole background and and just his whole energy and persona does that uh, actually put a little bit of a uh, weird uh, pressure on you um it doesn't for me lee's my guy i love that guy i see him every month you know and we hang out after the fights and everything for me it's a job i understand that it's a job i'm i can't let anything outside influence my decisions and I, these guys know that as well you know so um i don't make super good friends with with a lot of these guys that i judge fights with but the ones that i do understand the role that i have so you know they wouldn't uh, be upset with me no matter what um so i don't i don't really feel any pressure about it but like you guys have already said man that you know that night that he was there it was electric it was you know a, almost a spiritual moment in that place um and and the amount of people that were there was uh it was nuts man i can't wait to see him back in there well, let's move it on to round number three, guys. We've got another uh, topic of discussion, and uh, this one is uh, going to come off of the heels of last week's debut of the 1FC on TNT. I think they've got four of those scheduled. There was a very controversial call made. Eddie Alvarez DQ'd, um, and uh, referee that we know very well, Justin Brown, in the in the middle of, of that entire uh, scenario. There, uh, In a nutshell, there was a disqualification made uh, towards Eddie. Uh, Eddie Alvarez dominating the fight 
had his opponent, uh, a very little known opponent that was a, ma a massive betting underdog in this fight, had him uh, dominated. Uh, and uh, there was a warning about a, a blows to the back of the head. It looked like Eddie like kind of argued the fact that they were to the back of the head, but in a, in a way acknowledged, I guess, uh, the the warning uh, and then continued to give uh, more more strikes that were, you know, they're close. They're like some would hit the ear, some would hit the back of the head. Uh, an immediate red card given by Justin Brown, which in one rules, I guess that's an immediate disqualification. They could give a yellow card, which would be like a point deduction. But I think if the guy had been able to continue, that would have been like the best case scenario, I suppose. But a lot of Internet backlash, the Internet world uh, hates Justin Brown. Uh, after this, when Justin Brown, I've actually messaged back and forth on uh, me on Messenger and uh, just to kind of get his take on it and asked if he would in, in hindsight, would he do anything differently? He said, absolutely not. So uh, let's get everybody's take on it. Greg, I'll let you start. Well, uh, you know, I told this one close and dear. I think I only got a minute to speak, and I wish I had longer time and I'm wasting it. But, you know, Justin Brown disqualified me from a fight, my only loss on my professional record. Um, do I think it should have been disqualification? No. Do I think that Eddie Alvarez should have been disqualified? No. It should have been a no contest, an absolute no contest, because his opponent was already out, and he was turning – the opponent was playing the game. I mean, Lurie was – he was playing the game. He was turning his head – trying to cover, move his ear up a little bit. So he was taking shots in the back of the head. In my opinion, I think it should be moved to Eddie, uh, Eddie, uh, no contest. And they should do a rematch because Eddie Alvarez is trying to get that title and another, uh, you know, promotion, all the big promotions. He's trying to make that happen. He's trying to make his mark in MMA. And that just probably set him back. Like Justin would say, probably a year or so. And he's not, he's not no spring chicken. You know, he's been in the game a while uh, and that's it. You know, with time to spare, uh, I thought you'd have a little bit more on that one, but yeah, I, I you know, I get it. A minute is not do. a whole lot, a whole lot of. Uh, you can continue if you want. You even got overtime I mean, if you I, like. I just, Again, I, I you know, to set the to set the table for everyone yeah, that doesn't know, yeah, you know, you were on the receiving end of a DQ from from the same guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he DQ'd me, and uh, I got I, I, an illegal hit. I up kicked Jason King in a title match. Uh, it was the first round. There was not even a scorecard. It said that I didn't have malicious intent. It said it wasn't flagrant. Uh, but it happened yet, and it, it, it even. And I don't know what what did he say about that? Did he say that it was malicious? Was it flagrant? Did he keep doing it? Yeah, he said he 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 said in his message to me that when he he gave him the warning and Eddie acknowledged his warning that anything beyond that showed intent. Huh. And so I mean, if and if the, the that's what I'm saying. I could go about it all day because at the end of the day, the only thing I'm looking forward to to see if this if this gets changed because if this does get changed. I think there's a good chance that I might have a good uh, a good leg to stand on getting my uh, only I'm my only loss to a no contest, you know. And I that's why I said I don't want to beat a dead that horse because that was months ago, you know. So, but I mean, I, I don't know. I just I, I think that the referee should be a little bit more, uh, you know, knowledgeable about what they're doing to their fighters. This this is their career to them. To the most referees, this is just another match that they got to go out there and do their job or or suck. You know, you either do your job or you suck. And uh, at that, you know, there's two times Justin sucked. So that's my opinion. Justin Watson. Man, uh, I thought it was terrible. I messaged you guys right away and, and said, I wonder how much shit he's going to catch for this. Um, I, I didn't think that even it even warranted a point deduction. I thought that the warning that he gave, he still threw a couple shots, but they were super close. But then he switched directions and went to the other side of the guy's head and went straight across his jaw with a forearm and pretty much put the guy out. And that's when I feel like Justin Brown stopped the fight. Um, and that guy was looking for a way out, man. You know, like 
it, you know, the thing about like that, he got disqualified for that. And two or three fights later, Demetrius Johnson gets fucking blasted in the face on the ground with a knee. And that's totally legal. Tell me why, why, how can Eddie cause that much damage to somebody with punches that are that close to legal, but Demetrius can take a knee to the face like that on the ground. I don't know. It's just crazy. The, the, the uh, disqualification I think is total bullshit. I think that there's very rare times that you should, that you should disqualify a fighter. You're taking away, you know, massive opportunities from them. Um, I hope that this and doesn't time. affect That's it. Uh, Eddie. All right. Uh, moving on to Jeff Hobbs. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. You know, just one of the things that stands out to me is this is why all the jobs I've had in this industry, in this business, refereeing is not one of them. Uh, and I, I, I want no part of it. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't think it was warranted either, man. You know, I, I've heard that, you know, well, Eddie had to be in control. He's not looking. Well, Eddie was using his head as a tool. His head, you hear coaches all the time talk about head position. He was using his head placement as a tool to, you know, to kind of post up against the other guy's head. Um, he was, he was, you know, he was throwing the punches, but you know what? When he heard the warning, that's when you saw him switch it up to hammer fist. He went from looping punches. They weren't straight punches. They were looping round punches, but then he switched it up to hammer fists. And again, you didn't stop me and disqualify me until he's out cold. Uh, it's just, you know, it was a bad timing all around of events. Um, but again, I, I don't know, you know, the ref wasn't mic'd up. We weren't hearing how many warnings he gave him. We didn't hear. I just saw him change from the punches to the hammer fist. And then after the knockout happened, you disqualified me after the knockout. Um, it was just, a, it, it was unfortunate, man. And this is again, why <coughs> I'll timekeep, I'll judge, I'll announce, but two things, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not reffing. That time. Uh, Torres. Yes, man. I agree with Jeff on this one. I mean, look, I mean, Eddie was using his head as like a positioning um, to really, you know, control his punches. But like you, like you said, when the referee stepped in, he stepped in when Eddie changed. Um, he changed. And right when he got ready to change, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's when you should stop it. I think you should stop the fight basically when, or I really don't even think you should stop it at all. I mean, the fight should never stop in any way. Now I will say his opponent did, you know, he did act a little bit, you know, act like he was all hurt and metal, but Eddie, I think what Eddie did was right, man. I think Eddie, when he switched his punches over and he started hammer fist, I mean, wrong looping, when he started looping his punches, I think the referee made an awful call. I agree. Very bad. Bad on Brown, Justin Brown's part. So, hmm. Man, uh, to wrap it up here, I, you know, I, I'm on the fence here. It's definitely a thankless job. You, you don't, uh, you don't get too much attention uh, as a referee, and unless you're fucking up, you know, people don't. It's rare that people remember any sort of good calls. Maybe you'll get a, a little bit of uh, immediate uh, gratification from commentary, but for the most part, you don't remember uh, too much of the good. So the bad really stands out and is magnified when it happens. Um, you know, I, I get. Uh, everybody's point of view here, honestly. Uh, my, my thing about the uh, not being able to see the punches is, you know, Eddie ultimately put himself in that position on purpose as has, has been uh, cl clarified at this point. So, you know, if I've, if I've got your back and I've got both hooks in and I can't see your nuts, 
because your head's blocking my head. I can't just start throwing heels down to your crotch area and be like, well, I couldn't see his balls, you know? So I don't know that that really flies as like just an absolute damnation of uh, Justin Brown. That said, given the circumstances of the fight and it was so dominant by Eddie already, I think you have to use a little bit of common sense at the same time to, to realize like, man, this fight's pretty much over. I could stop this fight and have like no, body bat an eye so that's my take moving on to round number four and this one is going to be the twitter beat between connor and dustin poirier in a nutshell real quick the last fight connor promised five hundred thousand dollar donation to dustin poirier's charity that has not been paid yet dustin says when he's reached out to try to get the the funds uh solidified he's he, they've been ghosted connor says he asked to know how the money would be spent and he never found out. So he wasn't going to send him any money. And at that point, Connor more or less pulled out of the fight. I don't think the UFC is, you know, said anything to the sort. So I don't think it's official, but he's like, you're not going to make any more money off of me. Um, but uh, now I think maybe it's back on. I'm not sure. Uh, you guys, is this something that should be a public discussion or is this something that should be held in private or is it all potentially just a work to build this fight? Jeff Hobbs. Um, yeah, I, you know, as of about, I think it was four o'clock Eastern time, um, you know, they, they made, you know, the fight is official and, you know, what kind of changes my take is, you know, Poirier has come out and kind of, uh, backtracked and said, you know what, I, I shouldn't have gone public with this. Uh, and I, and I, I, I agree, you know, for the most part, uh, he's like, you know, this is outside, this is personal, this is business. He said, but, you know, please keep in mind, I take my charity to heart and I fight for, you know, for these kids and, and what I try to get for them. But I, I do think it should have been kept out of, of the public eye uh, and, and just kept more behind the scenes and, and private. And I, and I don't agree with Connor in a lot of things, but a half a million dollars is a lot of money. So I very much agree with the fact, like we just don't send a check for a half a million dollars and not know where it's going, what it's going to, exactly how will it be spent. And he said, I do that with all the charities I give stuff to and give money to. Uh, so I definitely do not fault him for wanting to be damn sure uh, where it's going, you know, when it's that much money. Torres. 100% agree. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I slightly agree with Connor in this situation. Um, a lot of people were trying to compare it to Habib, you know, when Habib gave $100,000 to uh, Dustin Poirier. And he didn't ask for any plans of what was going to be done with that money. But you have to look at it uh, two different ways. I mean, 100000 yes, that's still a lot of money, yes. But a half a million, yes. I mean, uh, I, and I know of businesses that also, when they donate, they want to know the plan of where and basically where each dollar is going to go. And you just can't send that type of money, especially of that magnitude, to a foundation and blindly send it. Um, yes, this thing should have been kept in private. Yes, this should be handled. But, I mean, come on, man, look. Everybody been looking for a reason to have get Connor back on his, you know, cocky ways and angry ways. They want to have some type of beef between. I mean, I believe this is a little bit of a work. I mean, it, it, this is what's going to sell more pay per views. And Connor, you know, what the what what Connor does, he eats it up, man. So I think it's a part of it. But yeah, um, I agree. I, my take on this thing uh, is is very similar to yours, Torres, and that is that uh, you know. 
I think that people want to have Connor back to that salty, that salty persona where we can get a little bit of the buildup because I didn't feel like this this last fight had had that buildup at all. I felt like it was very good natured. It seemed like uh, you know these guys were buddies and they're just going out there to get a payday, you know, and that could very well still be the case. Only they may realize they need to build this thing up a little bit more to have the heat on it because uh, me and Hobbs were just talking about the other day, uh, you know, if, if one were to do a show on that same night. Would you be worried that uh, that card happening the same night would be uh, detrimental to your ability to to draw a live crowd? What would people be excited for that fight? And I was like, man, I don't know that it's must see TV anymore. You know, I, I think that uh, maybe they can get it there. You know, if anybody can, then it's Connor. It's it's always a big deal when Connor fights, but. To me, this doesn't have the steam on it as, say, a, uh, a Michael Chandler or a Justin Gaethje fight, uh, in my opinion. Wrap us up, Justin. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing everybody else said. $500,000 is a ton of money. I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to who's, who's really telling the whole truth and who's not. Uh, Connor's manager, Audie, said that, you know, that they have asked for plans and haven't received them. And Justin's saying he's reached out and they haven't heard back. So one of those can't be true. If 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 they've you know if the, if Justin's team has reached out and said look here's the plans and Connor's not paying then that's pretty fucked up and I don't blame him for putting it out there but because it's five we're not talking about five thousand dollars we're talking about five hundred thousand dollars I mean it's been six months I think uh, to throw it out there like that is just a little premature uh, I think Connor is going to do it I, you know he's, he's donated to tons of stuff I don't think you know that's a big tax write off for him it's not going to hurt him or anything. Um, but I don't think you're going to have the same the same fight as you did last time as far as them being buddy-buddy. Uh, and I think that we're all in for a treat because of it. Yeah, Greg, you're uh, the last one on this one. Uh, just I'll make mine short and sweet. Connor is a mastermind of promoting fights. We know he's going to pay the $500,000. That's chump change to him. But he needs something to fill this fight. So I'm not going to pay him. I'm going to piss him off. Do you know what he remember when he fought Jose? How long he had a long time to piss Jose off and really get in his head. And this is something that's really going to bother Poria, in my opinion. So I don't think we'll see the same fight due to the like due to the circumstances that we're in right now. And again, this is going to be a bigger fight, in my opinion. Uh, it's just going to get bigger and bigger as it goes on. This whole five hundred thousand dollar thing is going to get bigger and bigger. He's going to. There's more going to come of it, is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying about it. Uh, it's a, it is, a, it is a, it is a ploy. It is to sell pay-per-views. It is. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. Because if you take this away, I don't want to see this fight again. I don't care to see it again. Move on. Let's see a real fight. This is just for money. This is all this is about. It's a promoting thing. It's a UFC thing. It's not a fighting thing. That's all. All right, moving on to round number five. Uh, we've got a new apparel in the UFC. Venom has now uh, taken over for Reebok and uh, outfitting the fighters. It looks like there is an oh-so-slight uh, uh, bump in pay, nothing uh, substantial by any means. And, uh, you know, uh, let's get everybody's thoughts on this new Venom deal. Is it fair to the fighters? Do you like the new look? Uh, your take, Torres? Yeah, um, I actually do like the new look um, overall. I mean, with the new, uh, I, I really like the shorts because wasn't they um, the first time they were shown with this past uh, uh, card, I believe? Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, they look they really, really good. I really did enjoy them. I mean, what, champions getting $42,000 per bout? I mean, it's a slight, you know, you know, 42 went from 40000 with Reeboks. And, you know, same thing with title, channel, uh, title, title challengers. Went from thirty-two thousand uh, from thirty thousand, so it is a little bump in pay, but 
I mean, I always I'm on the side. Fighters should get paid a little bit more. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, at least they at least they're going in the right direction. I'm still with the old school. Fighters should get their sponsorships and put their own shorts on. That's what I like. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of that. But okay. I don't have a, a large take on this, to tell you the truth. I think it's more or less a sideways step. The uh, the look is a little more MMA-y, if you will. Um, you know, you got the, the snake head on there and Venom more known to be a uh, an MMA brand uh, than Reebok. And hopefully you don't have the, the misspelling of names and things like that that was uh, kind of uh, rampant uh, through the, the tenure that, that Reebok was with, with the UFC. Um as far as the money goes, I, I kind of expected it to be a little bit more than what it is. I think, uh, you know, for entry level fighters, they're only getting a bump of uh, 500 bucks. And that actually extends on past just entry level fighters. I think there's maybe I think it may be like six fights or or I could be I'm probably just talking on my ass, really. But there's another there's a another level beyond, you know, so many fights that it gets above 500. But you're there at 500 bucks for, for quite a quite a while. Uh, so uh, not a, a substantial bump in pay uh, or a big difference, in my opinion. Uh, Greg. Hey, all right. Being a fighter, um, I'm I hate the I, I mean, it looks cool, but I hate it. I don't like how. Reebok came in. I don't like how they sold out. Uh, I want my own sponsors on my shorts. Okay, I'm just sitting here looking around. If I want to call Bass Pro Shop and they want to either give me money or supply me with something or whatever I want to get me ready for my fight, I'm cool with that. If I want to call Old Smoky Mountain Tennessee Whiskey and say, hey, I, I want you guys on my thing, blah, 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 I'm going to get a whole lot more money with a whole lot more sponsorship than just Reebok or Venom. Like, in my opinion, it's not fair to the fighters. It's not fair to the sport. It cuts off a lot of money to the fighters, and uh, it hurts them financially in the long run, in my opinion. It's just I don't like it. I wish they'd get rid of it. Uh, what Feeney said, I wish they'd go back to the old style. <clears throat> I could, I'd rather have, you know, uh, you know, MGM Grand sponsored on the side of my hip or, or uh, you know, like they used to have poker. You know, I mean, you can, you can make money. You can make commissions off of these companies that are you're selling for there's ways to make money around this and you know the UFC's took it away all right justin yeah so this was part of the reason you know when they went to reebok part of the reason with brennan shaw retiring i guess was because of the deal and how much money he was losing and i heard him talking about it the other day and he said that um at that time he was getting fifty thousand dollars for a patch on the front of his shorts like you know on the, on the front of your thigh so you got two of those like twenty five thousand on the hips, another fifty thousand on the on the butt, um, you know, and, and he's never been champion champion level, obviously. Uh, so, you know, the the amount of money these guys are losing is tremendous. I, I the uniform look, I guess, is is fine. I don't think that it's you know, I I, I guess a lot of people would just say like you know the belts were uh, shorts are just kind of too much on there, but I think at least give them a couple of, of sponsorships that they can get on their own plus this money, then, then I would be a little, uh, more down for it, but I'm just, I, I, I think it's, it's killing their pay. Jeff Hobbs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people take to take, you know, you're looking at comparing to other professional sports and trying to compare yourself to other professional sports, you know, uh, yes, NBA now has sponsors on their thing, but LeBron James can't go out and put whoever he wants on, on his, uh, you know, uniform and, and make extra money. I think a lot of it had to do with a lot of the work that goes into approving sponsors, sponsors reneging on deals, you know, things like that. And not that 
not that this is really my take. It's just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, you know, it was always a process. Uh, you had Holzerreich, you know, you getting in, uh, you know, sneaking through and having luck. I think it was less work doing it this way. Um, I think too many people are looking at individual fighter pay and not looking at the big picture that this company, Reebok, paid $39 million. Uh, it's almost like revenue sharing uh, to the entire roster over the, the, the whole contract. And $39 million has uh, got to be huge to Venom because they are not Reebok. No doubt, man. That is a that is a lot of money. Whenever you uh, when you think about it in, 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 in as a whole, in, in, you know, as a bulk number, it really is. Moving on to round number six. Uh, this one, uh, this one should be fun. Uh, regional titles, guys. At what point would you say that um, that uh, uh, some a fighter is is uh, justified in fighting for a regional title? Who should be fighting for them? What exactly do they mean? How much water do they hold? Do they? freaking matter uh i'll lead off here guys and you know to me i feel like <clears throat> the regional title is uh, something that that signifies uh, a true representation of your of your organization you want to have uh someone that has competed for your organization um at least a few times i you know our our policy of valor is you know they're we're not going to put uh a title, especially a professional title, uh, up for grabs with someone that's never fought for the promotion. I think that the fight that we just had, uh, you know, uh, on uh, the last the last show between uh, Jose Johnson and Dre Miley would have easily been worthy of, uh, of a professional title. However, Jose Johnson hadn't fought for us before. We just that's just our policy more. It's like we're not going to do a pro title. That's why it's not fought for us before. So, you know, uh, that is one is you want to have someone that is that is actually, uh, you know, a, a, attached to your promotion uh, or at least associated uh, somewhat regularly, because that's who's going to be the face of uh of, of the promotion in that weight class, especially your professional champions. You know, we, we pride ourselves on our professional champions actually like getting somewhere. I think the percentage is in the seventies of our professional champions that have moved on to the next level, uh, moving on to the UFC, Bellator, big stages. And so you want guys that, that, uh, that can, that can look the part and they can go out there and, and walk the walk to, you know, uh, I, I don't like the idea of giving people, uh, you know, just throwing belts around as, as a, as a, as trinkets, as, uh, as an enticement, if you will. Oh man, I'm going to have to take overtime on that one. Uh, this is, uh, you know, one of those things where you see it a lot. Uh, promoters will essentially use their titles as, um, as a lure, as a, uh, as a bargaining tool. Hey, if you come fight for me, I'll put this strap up on it. I never fought for you before. And, you know, I've actually never even beat anybody that's, that has a winning record or I've, you know, I've not really earned it, but at the same time, Hey, I go down here and get a professional title. I can call myself a pro champion. Then, okay, you got me. I'm going to go do it. That, that to me is, uh, is weak. That is, uh, you know, that is not, uh, that's not building up your champions. It's not, and it's not putting any sort of true, uh, uh, investment into your title and, and truly uh, getting behind your champion. I, I, I can honestly say from, from our side, like we just haven't had pro champions that aren't worthy of being pro champions. I'll stop there. Greg Hopkins. Uh, yes, I've been to many, many different, different, uh, different promotional shows in, in, in many different regions. And uh, I got to say for the ones that like just toss the titles around, uh, I mean, it really makes them kind of insignificant, you know, uh, I've, it, it does when you have more than so many, like, I mean, in the UFC, the most we've ever seen is what three titles on the line. And those are the king shit titles. Those are the Super Bowl of MMA. But if I'm going to a regional promotional show 
if you have a title on the line, I'm expecting both these guys to be title worthy opponents. And now I've been to some promotionals, promotional shows where I've watched both guys and I'm just like, okay, why is this title worthy? And are they going to defend this title? What do we got going on here? What led up to this fight? Who did he beat to get here? I want to know. And I think in my opinion, you can't be coming off of a, like, like a, of a losing streak. And, and nor, and I agree of the fighting in the same promotion, you know, show that you're going to be committed to a, to a promotion, show that you're going to show somewhat that you're going to come back and defend that title. If we give it to you and you take off, you know, like, I mean, that's how I feel about it. You know, I signed the contract saying that when the title, I will come back and defend it at least one time so I can keep it. And that's in my contract and I, I plan on doing so. All right. Uh, Justin Watson. Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's weird to, to not value your title. Um, like that. I mean, obviously, I'm not a promoter, uh, but I, I feel like I, I take pride in most things that I do. And um, like you said, that that your title holders represent the quality of company that you have. I feel like um, you know it, it shows when you have a title fight against you know with two guys that are are truly deserving, and one of these guys might be moving on. That shows that you you know you have the legitimate talent coming through there. If you're giving titles out to just Joe Blow, whoever, I, I don't know. I mean. Not the real competitors aren't going to want to go fight there. That's not the belt they want to win, you know. So ultimately, I think it's going to kill your bottom line and and, and hurt your business. But uh, I don't know, man. It, you see some weird shit in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Torres. Um. Yes, I'm a little bit. You know, I'm I'm still new to the to the uh, MMA game, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, you know, we'll figure out in the near future. I mean, like. You got a lot of guys that become champions of different promotions. And when you get that, you want to have that. I mean, that champion represents that promotion. And in that regards, you would like for to have that person to be somebody like, hey, this is the standard of this promotion. This is the standard of what we look forward to with our champion. And, um, yeah, I mean, you got to have these guys come in and out and they got to fight, you know, got to fight the best of the best and be ready to be prepared to be ready for anything. You know, you just can't have no any bozo as a champ. You know, can't have a guy, you know, not saying it can, can't can always happen because I, I sometimes happen to amateur, but you can't have a guy sometimes with a losing record as a champion, you know, let them build their way back up, you know, and then give them the opportunity. So I understand. But, hey. Jeff Hobbs, wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take my overtime now. I haven't used it yet. And I'm going to take uh, Torres's seconds and somebody. Early. <laughs> Um, man, this is a society we live in. You know, I, I coach uh, high school sports, and it's everybody gets a trophy nowadays. You know, and it takes uh, it takes the, uh, the the true people who earn their awards and their their recognition at the end of the season. It, it diminishes it. It devalues it because everybody got a trophy. You know, it's the same concept. You know, we all know in this game. <clears throat> especially you, Tim, as a matchmaker. Yeah, we put on some lopsided fights sometimes, but it's not necessarily on purpose. It's out of necessity. You have fighters drop out at the last minute. You have last minute fill-ins and you're trying to make sure that the, you know, the opponent whose opponent dropped out, you know, has a, has the ability to compete. It wasn't his fault. And you, you have situations like that. We, you know, we had one on our last card, but damn it, we didn't make it a title fight. You know, we just, we just found a replacement, and it just so happened to be a guy with a losing record. Um, but it's just a fight. We didn't put a belt around the guys, you know, for it. You know, and and me and you know the other day we we were negotiating maybe a future fight, um, and 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 the thing came up with a title on it, and and we had a fighter who goes 
no, I don't want it to be for a title because I would be embarrassed, you know, not just for me, but for my opponent, because they have two losses in a row. Um, why should she get one? And she's like, and I have an upside down record now. Yes, I have a background. I've been on the big show, this and that. And she's like, but I don't want a title fight. It's, I'd be embarrassed to do, to do it. And I love those kind of fighters. Um, you know, it just it devalues the product. It just doesn't make sense. And it, what makes it worse is is when these guys get online and it, I don't know, they just cram it down your throat that they're fighting for a title. And you're just like, but I don't know why. And I can't understand why you don't know why or why you don't <laughs> see that. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I will say I think it's different in pros than amateurs. I think in the amateur ranks, you know, you're trying to build your promotion and you're trying to build that future. So, you know, if you do it as an amateur um, I, I think there's a little bit of leeway there because these guys probably are going to stick around. They're probably going to, you know, fight for you for a while. They, you know, they're going to stick around and get maybe 10 amateur fights or something. And, and they're, and they are the ones that are going to help you build your promotion. But when you've just got the fly by night pro that you've brought in to close a deal, to make a fight happen, um, could be a one and done, or they've been a one and done for you before, uh, and now you just really want to make this fight happen, so you offer it up. I mean, it's it's not uh, – we see it, man. Everybody sees it. You know, you might have the casual fan who doesn't look at it that way, and they just think, oh, shit, my boy's got a title fight. Um, but everybody that knows what, what's going on and they're in the business, we see that shit. Uh, you know, you ain't getting away with nothing. We see through that shit. Round seven. Here we go. Uh, this one's fun. Okay, we got uh, Jake Paul taking on Ben Askren this weekend. It's a bit of a, um, a celebrity type fight, I guess. Although Jake Paul is, has won, you know, the two fights that he's had, uh, albeit not versus actual fighters. Ben Askren, of course, known to be a wrestler more than he is to be a boxer. So, uh, you know, uh, line on this thing. Uh, Jake Paul is like minus 150. I think the, the money's come in on him. Uh, maybe he may have been an underdog, though. But, but uh, y'all's take on this. You enter, Are you out on this pay-per-view? Who wins? Who are you going to bet on? Is this a legit contest? Is it spectacle? Justin Watson. Uh, it's definitely spectacle, for sure. I think, you know, if you've seen any of the, any of the pre-fight um, promotion stuff, Jake Paul's fucking a big dude, man. He, like, he's, he's quite a bit bigger than Ben. Um, so, you know, if he can, and from what I hear, you know, he can crack. I and mean, Ben's not a boxer, obviously. Jake's been doing this for three or four years. He's got tons of money. He can bring in the best sparring partners, the best coaches. You know, he's going to advance at a pretty high level. He's, he's really athletic. Um, but the thing is, Ben is just the competitor, and Ben knows how to compete. Ben's done this. He's fought really scary strikers before, you know. Jake's definitely not that. Um, so I think Ben can definitely drag this thing out uh, and get, get Jake tired and, and finish him. Uh, but I, I don't want to see Ben get knocked out. I'm definitely going to be watching, but um, I, hope, I hope Ben wins. Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I'm going to be watching, too, and it may or may not only be because of an illegal stream. I, I'm not – I'm just telling you. I'm throwing it out there, guys. Come and get me. But, um, man, I don't know. The Paul, the Paul kid looked good the other night at WrestleMania. Um, or that, No, that was the brother. My bad. They looked the same. Um, man, I don't know, man. That's a fucking shit show. It's a spectacle. It's a – I don't even know what to call it, but I – 
I think if Ben can withstand a few rounds and, and be heavy on the guy, I don't know which one of you just said it. Look, Ben Askren has been in there with fucking Robbie Lawler, some fucking killers who know how to throw a damn knockout punch and put you unconscious with it in, the, in a heartbeat with a four-ounce glove. I don't know that Jake Paul's going to get him out of there. You know, If he wins, it's going to go the distance, in my opinion. It's going to be on the judge's scorecard. Uh, I don't think he gets Ben Askren out of there, but I think Ben could probably just be heavy on him, uh, wrap up a lot, put his weight on him, and and if it I think the longer it goes, the better chance Ben Askren's got of, of doing it, man. I'm just afraid if if uh, Paul wins, then we got to do this shit again with someone else, and I'm ready to stop hearing about it. Torres, how about say, man, Jeff took my freaking point because I was going to say the same thing about. Uh, how Robbie Lawler was able to, like, freaking smack. I mean, dude, if anybody remember that fight, I mean, he just destroyed Ben Askren. And some people thought the fight should have been stopped <laughs> at one point, you know. But, you know, the toughness of Ben Askren, he was able to come go on, but we all know of the controversial stoppage. But, um, yeah, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think I think Jake Paul might have to try to go to distance. I don't know if this is eight rounds, I believe. Um and uh, yeah, uh, I might would slide with Jake Paul in that essence because I just don't really trust the striking of Ben Askren. But we'll see. I mean, I mean, we see him punch, but those are punching against actual UFC fighter top level guys. So we'll see. But yeah, I remember. Hey, Jake Paul trains with some big time boxers, so this will be uh, interesting. But this is nothing but a spectacle. I agree. All uh, right. Well, as for me, uh, I would I've got to share the same take. It's definitely a spectacle. It's, uh, you know, Jake Paul is is really kind of the draw here. I, I'm not like a Jake Paul fan, but I can recognize that, you know, this guy has got a lot of, of eyes on him through his his YouTube stuff and his, his stunts and whatnot. So um, that said, he looks to be a pretty big physical guy. He's actually been training to do boxing, I think, for a minute now. And I think that uh, him winning this is not out of the not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think the stronger play is probably to to go with maybe like an over, like the over five rounds or some such, because I think at the very least, Askren may be able to account for himself in there to not get put away, but also probably not be able to, I don't really see him being able to do a lot of damage to, uh, to Jake Paul either, to tell you the honest truth. Uh, Greg, wrap it up. All right. The fact that they even have all posted on this spot is like crazy as shit right now um with that being said ben askren is an olympic wrestler he's uh he's, he's a competitor he's a champion in bellator he like you said robbie lawler uh all that aside you know and 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 uh uh what's his name i'm i'm done lost his name he, he's he's a big dude i'm sorry uh what, who are we talking about i'm sorry i just lost his name jake paul jake sorry. paul uh, but yeah paul, okay here's hey here's the thing Ben Askren's getting paid more money in this fight than he probably has in his whole entire MMA career. Like, <clears throat> so <clears throat> why wouldn't he take this fight and go out there and just take this, you know, whatever? Uh, Jake Paul is getting more money for this fight. This is one of going to be one of the biggest events of the year, which is really fucking stupid in my opinion. But here you go. Um, Jake Paul, in my opinion, is a piece of shit. The fact that they have odds on this, why wouldn't Jake Paul just put his money on, against himself, throw the fight, win all this money, you know? 
I don't see why he wouldn't do some stupid shit like that. Or And one thing I'm not seeing on this fight yet is the possibility of a draw to bet on because why wouldn't they end this some stupid spectacle in a draw? Uh, I, I, I'm probably not going to bet on it at all. I think it's stupid, uh, but I really, if it's real deal, Holyfield, I hope Ben Askren comes in there, grinds out a late, KO and just pushes that little bitch to the fucking limits and puts him puts his YouTube ass out back out there. I mean, he's a, he's a little princess, man. He's a he had been through what Ben Askren's been through. I'll second when Justin said, if I was going to bet, I really wish I could bet on Ben, but I can't. I would go with the draw, just some bullshit. I don't know. That brings us to our final round of the evening, gentlemen, and that is a look ahead at this weekend's UFC Vegas 24. Uh, it is uh, it's headlined by uh, another middleweight fight. We've got Robert Whitaker taking on uh, the late replacement, Kelvin Gastelum, who steps in for Paulo Costa. What you looking forward to? You got any plays for us? Sum it up in one final minute this evening. Torres. Um, I'm excited for this. Um, you got the main, obviously the main event, Whitaker versus Gaslam. Um, looking at this car, man, I mean, look, it's, it looks like it's going to be pretty decent, uh, mainly for the, uh, well, in, in the eyes of the main event. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, you got to look at what, you, uh, what you're looking for for your middleweight title fight. I think if Whitaker wins this fight, he is, he without a question, his next fight should be for the middleweight title. But if... Um, I don't know why Izzy, you know, is okay with Teal, you know, winning one fight. He gets a title shot rather than a guy that's been on winning streak. I know they say Israel wants to face uh, fresh opponents rather than a rematch. But I think Whitaker, you know, if he beats Gaslam, I think I ain't going to lie to you. Whitaker a second time, man, <laughs> he might have some for Izzy. So I'm excited to see what this, uh, what this weekend shows for uh, Whitaker. So I hope he gets the win on this one. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm on the same page as you. I like Whitaker here. Uh, I think it, if he gets this win, he, he's right back on pace to uh, to to take on uh, Adesanya and uh, you know avenge that loss and try to get back that title. So big fight for him. Uh, big fight for Gashlam too, though. You know, we we just a lot of people had written him off. He came back and got the win over Ian Heinish. Looked really good. I think there were some question marks leading into that fight as to you know what he would look like, but. Uh, but he looked good, and uh, so I think he's going to be—he's going to be primed to, to give a good performance. Odds are a little bit long, I think, on this one personally, uh, with uh, with Whitaker being uh, you know three to one nearly. Uh, also on this card, uh, just a couple other uh, highlights that I see that I like. Uh, looking up and down through here, I, I really like Luis Pena's matchup here, and that's not something that I see very often uh, because. Lately, his matchups have not been in his favor, but Munoz is just like a straight wrestler. And I think that plays right into Pena's hands uh, on a few different levels. Um, also, I think uh, it looks like they're trying to get uh, Al, uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan back on the horse. This is the third straight, uh, you know, what appears to be on paper a lopsided fight to get him a win. But if he doesn't get past Malkoon, then I'd say that uh, his time in the UFC – uh, may be limited. Uh, also on this card, I think the Bill Algeo and uh, Ricardo Hamos fight should be pretty good. Um, and then Dracar Close and Jeremy Stevens. That's actually a low key, uh, low key war, I think. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it'll be a pretty entertaining card. Uh, we'll move along to uh, Greg Hopkins. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to go. I, I didn't want to use my overtime on this. But Ben Askren actually just went under a hip replacement surgery in September, which is another reason why I might not bet on this fight, period. Uh, with that being said, going on to this right here, I like Dracard close over Jeremy Stevens. He's actually a, an underdog right now, like plus 115, I believe. Uh, uh, Chase Sherman and Andre Olovsky. I don't know how much, how many more fights Andre Olovsky got in him, but like right here, this is, um, 
Uh, I think Chase Sherman tries to bombard him. I don't know about that. The heavyweights are going to heavyweight. Under Lossie is going to try to make it a slow and boring fight. Chase, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, it may go to distance, it may not, but I'm excited to watch that one. Uh, I was going to highlight the same thing. I like Luis Pena's matchup here against Munoz. Um, I'm excited for that one right there. I'm going to uh, have a little bit on on him there. Uh, one I'm excited to see is Jessica Pinay and uh, what's her name? Yodinez. I want to see her. I want to see this fire here. She's undefeated coming in here from Mexico. She's going to be boxing. I want to see this right here, how she does with Jessica Panay. Jessica Panay hasn't been doing so hot in the USC here lately, so, but she's been fighting some, some, some mean girls. Uh, I'd like to see Gerald Mearshart come back in there and uh, see if he can come back after his loss against Kamzat uh, 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 right there. And uh, other than that, I think the whole card is uh, is, 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 is tightened up. Uh, I, I'm excited about the main event. I'm excited. I, I don't know, man. I'm at disagree. I like Kevin Gaslin. Man. Kevin, I don't know. I don't have. I don't, there's a lot of leans on this fight that are just up in the air right now. This is a good. This is a good card. This is a good matchmaking card here. Justin, I'm personally not overly excited about the card. There's nothing on there that really stands out as like must see TV. I think probably the fight of the night is uh, Jeremy Stevens and Jakar Close. I think, like you said, I think that'll be probably turned into a war. Um, Jeremy Stevens is going back up to 55. He's been at 45 for a long time now. Um, so that'll be uh, something interesting to see. Chase Sherman is, uh, I think, is a good play against Andre. I think Chase Sherman's a big, heavy-handed dude. Um, and, you know, I think he can wrestle a little bit too. So I uh, like Chase Sherman there. Looking forward to seeing Rob. As always, Rob's... Um, you know, special talent, something that we don't see very often. He's the whole package. You can do everything in there. And, um, you know, these guys were scheduled to fight a few years ago, and I can guarantee you the line was much closer uh, back then. Um, but Rob coming off of a couple of big wins and looking to get back to that title, I think he's a dangerous, uh, dangerous person for anybody. Jeb Hobbs, you've got the last take of the night. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I think uh, a win for Whitaker – uh, gets him closer uh, to a title shot than a win for Gastelum does. You know, I think it would take, you know, maybe another fight or two for Gastelum to get there with what just uh, this win will do for Robert. Uh, it's an exciting fight. It's a great main event. Um, the the card for me is is there's nothing sexy about it, but it seems like a solid card on paper. Uh, my fun fight for the night will be Stevens and Close. I think that's a really intriguing matchup. Um, one I wouldn't have thought of before until you see it on paper and you're like, man, that's going to be fun. So I'm excited about that. I don't know that I trust Sherman or Arlovsky uh, on either one of those fights, but every fight I keep saying, this is the one where Arlovsky's done. He's going to get knocked out and this is a swan song. So I'll probably go with that again because at some point, if I throw that shit on the wall enough, it will eventually make me right. Uh, and so this one could be it. Uh, aside from that, I'm excited about Pena and Munoz. I think this, like you said, Tim, uh, Pena's opponents in the past have been like, yeah, I don't know if I want to put money on that. Um, you know, except for the fact that it was plus money and, and you may be able to, you know, uh, break yourself off a chunk. But, uh, I think this is a very, uh, evenly contested fight, which is going to be fun to watch, but I'd, I'd lean on Pena on this one. Uh, and those three are really, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm watching for those three bouts. 
And that is going to wrap it up for eight rounds. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our, our new format. We, uh, we trucked through a lot of material here this evening and, uh, next week we will, uh, we'll do it all over again. Uh, we'll, we'll recap the UFC, uh, Vegas, uh, 24 is one of our rounds. And if there's anything you, you want to, uh, hear us, uh, banter over, uh, shoot us a message to our Valor Hour, uh, Facebook page. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll give us some good ideas because, uh, you know, it's week to week around here, you know, uh, uh, the, it's an ever changing land. Landscape. So if you got any, any topics you want to hear us hash out, uh, shoot us a message over on the Valor Hour Facebook page. Thank you so much to all of our panelists here this evening. Uh, Greg Hopkins, Justin Watson, uh, Torres Finney, Jeff Hobbs. And then thanks also to Lee Radford for joining us a little bit earlier ahead of his big main event a couple weeks from now. Uh, till next week, I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, signing out for another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. Radio Influence.